0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Kirsten Burkett, on the value of Christian journaling to help us grow in our Christian lives.
1: But what I'm most interested in is how is it uh, a means of spiritual growth? Because it's, and it's great to have emotional help and uh, development, but spiritual growth is even more important. And that's where I found the Puritans so enlightening, saying this isn't just a kind of way of getting through the day, it's actually a way of growing closer to God, and that's where it becomes most powerful.
0: Kirsten Burkett, next. Today's guest says writing is a powerful act. It takes time and gives us space to consider things. Theological writer Kirsten Burkett says the Puritans use diaries as a means to give themselves spiritual counsel, to remember God's mercies, and to be thankful. Kirsten is the author of Imperfect Reflections, the Art of Christian Journaling. Kirsten lives in the north of England. Here's Kimberly Burchell.
2: Okay. Well, Kirsty, you have been journaling since you were a child. Is that right? Like pretty much most of your life. Tell me how you got started writing and journaling things of your life.
1: I was probably writing from the time that I could write, from the time I learned to write. It just always seemed natural to me. I, I wanted to write down what I was thinking, what what was happening? What my life was. If I if I discovered something, I wanted to write it down, and that that's always been my way of of processing what I'm thinking as well. If I want to work out what I think about a topic, I write about it. I know other people like to to speak uh, to work out their ideas or or something like that, but for me, it's always been quite natural to write. And I always I used to get lots of gifts of um, of journals of, of diaries of um, uh, things to write in and of pens to write with as well. I loved learning calligraphy and uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's always been a part of my life, something I just very naturally did.
2: And so for those of us that it doesn't come naturally, it's still a good idea though. Is, isn't that right?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of of literature on the fact that writing things down is very good for you and it's no accident that a lot of counsellors recommend journaling and and writing as part of therapy it's on all sorts of levels if you if you have an emotional issue and you want to work it out writing it down gives you a certain kind of distance from it so that something that might be overwhelming you becomes less overwhelming if you can put it down on paper or it could just be that you're trying to work out what is it that's bugging you you know you know you you you're worried about something but you just you're not sure what what it is so writing it down helps you clarify your thoughts uh, there's a whole lot of of cognitive therapy that uses writing and I mean as so far as I can tell I don't know that psychologists really understand why writing helps so much, but there is something about it that writing down what you're worried about is more effective than just thinking through it. So uh, you might be problem solving it. You might have some sort of issue you want to talk through with someone and you, you want to work out ahead of time, how am I going to approach this issue? Well, you could just think it through logically in your head, but there is something about writing it that means that you can go through more more efficiently what might be a good way of solving this problem, what might be the right steps to attack it. And it's partly to do with, as I said, with, you know, you get a certain emotional distance from it if you're writing things down. But there is something also about the connection between your hand and your mind that seems to be very powerful. You
2: mentioned that in the book, even with young children,
1: that learning to
2: write has something to do with how well they can learn.
1: It is surprising that you'd think in this age of computers that the main thing you want to teach children is how to type well, how to use a keyboard well. But actually, there's a lot of research that says if you teach children how to handwrite well... That helps them in a whole lot of other issues. It helps them with with language learning. It helps them with expression. It helps them later as they get older and they are actually writing essays or creative writing. If they've learnt handwriting well, then they do better in creative writing. Training your hand to be able to write does something that uh, really seems to be quite powerful.
2: You say all the reasons the Puritans gave for keeping a regular journal still
1: hold. What
2: were some of those reasons and why do they still hold?
1: Oh, well, I mean, that was a fascinating thing. This is what actually inspired the book in the first place, that I I came across the fact that Puritans were very good diary keepers and they recommended it, not just as a practical thing to keep note of what you've done and remember your appointments, but as, as a spiritual discipline, the Puritans, you know, they, they get very bad press, which is, which is very unfair in a lot of ways because actually they were very concerned with joy. They wanted to be joyful people and they worked very hard in their lives to, to have a joyful approach to life and part of that was through writing. So if they had an issue that well they they feared they were having an ungodly attitude or an ungodly reaction to something uh, if they found you know they'd done something sinful in the morning night no, I I had an argument or I spoke harshly to someone or it could be any sort of issue but they would write about it and would be deliberately writing themselves into a more godly frame of mind mm. they do this by reminding themselves of who God is and and what he'd done for them, of his love through Jesus, of the the blessings that they have, and they would just write themselves into a more spiritual frame of mind and heart so that they could be joyful in their situation rather than cast down mm-hmm. by the world and their sin. It's It's still the same world. It's still the same fallen world, and we still have the same fallen natures. So something that will help us in that ongoing day-by-day struggle, as as we deal with our sin, as we deal with just the, the difficulties and the irritations and suffering of life, it's good to have that sort of discipline that helps you have a more godly attitude towards those things. And, of course, again, you could do it just by thinking. I mean, as you read Scripture, you could just do it all in your head by thinking, but there's something about writing it down that really Intensifies that process.
2: That makes me think of what you said at the end of chapter one. I found these words quite noteworthy. You said, Don't ever underestimate the value of your handwriting. Thinking something to yourself can be powerful, saying out loud, even more so, but writing it down has the power to change your emotions and your brain itself. Mm -hmm. That sounds like what you're saying. How does writing it down change my emotions and my brain? I guess kind of like you were saying with the Puritans.
1: Yes. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't have had that same understanding of, of brain chemistry and so on, but they knew that it worked. And this was something that they recommended for their congregations. In fact, I've read of some pastors writing journal entries, writing diary entries, and then passing them around the congregation to give them an example of this is how you do it. Mm. And they had lots of other uh, good advice for writing diaries. Um, One that amused me is that they said you you should write a diary because then when you you die, your friends will be able to write your biography. And I thought, (laughs) I've never thought of doing that. And I certainly never thought of that as a reason for keeping a diary, but... When you think of how uplifting it is to read the biography of a godly Christian, you can, you can see that point. So you
2: mentioned, Kirsty that there's things that we know about the brain now that we can actually connect that, that writing changes the brain or helps the brain, or is there actual
1: science out there now regarding that? There is research on it. Some of it you'll come across when you look at how do students uh, learn as they take notes, Uh, when i used to teach in college we'd have all sorts of debates over whether students should be bringing their laptops into lectures because of course students want to that's the most convenient thing and you can i mean especially if you can touch type you can get down a whole lot of information you know if you're fast enough you can almost type verbatim what the lecturer is saying but the research shows that you will not learn as well if that's what you do that handwriting notes means that students comprehend better they do better in exams and and there was one experiment where a year later students were tested again and the ones who had handwritten their class notes did better than the ones who had typed okay definitely is an advantage to handwriting that it does affect how your brain processes information
2: okay very good you say to write wisdom. How do we get wisdom from writing out our thoughts? And what are some of the questions we should ask ourselves?
1: Okay. Well, well, first you get wisdom by praying for it. And so, I mean, all of what I was writing about, it should go along with prayer. When you think about wisdom in the Bible, it comes from reflecting on the world and reflecting how God's word applies to the world and understanding the world through the filter of god's word well that's something that you can do very effectively as you write about your experience so as you i mean if you're keeping just a a day by day journal of events the first level is just to write down what happened but then the next level is to think about well what is a godly perspective on what happened so not just this thing happened and it was really annoying, but how could I grow in Christ-likeness because of that event? Or how could I best pray for that person that I came across? Or or the temptation to covetousness I felt when I went past that lovely car or house or, or whatever it was. It's it's a way of getting a sort of second level approach to to everything that happens thinking not just well what happened but how do I reflect more deeply on on God and my development in Christ likeness as as this day has gone by and that will again naturally lead to prayer so it's a very useful thing to do of an evening and also if you've written it down you can go back to it later and that means that you can reflect well, Three months ago, I was struggling with that thing, and look how I've grown since then. Or I prayed about then that on that night. Um, look how God has answered that prayer. So, just practically speaking, there's there's a lot of use in in writing down your reflections and using them to think through uh, a godly approach to your reflections, and then using them later as you reflect further on on your own growth. Uh, towards God, and and really, that's what wisdom is. Yes, it, it's your, your growing in maturity and understanding of what God is doing in His world. Yeah,
2: and I think that's maybe a really key point here: that you're not advocating that we just write everything that happens in our lives down. You're you're advocating that we take that to God and we think it over and we pu- we test it against Scripture. If I'm understanding you correctly.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, there are. So there are all sorts of useful things about keeping a journal, even if you did nothing more than just write down what happened during the day. That, that's useful. It's, it's an interesting record. It'd be interesting for other people, interesting for your children. If you take it a step further and use, uh, use it to process your emotions and you know deal with some of the stress and emotional difficulties that life brings, that's useful as well. And that's why it's used in therapy. But what I'm most interested in is how is it uh, a means of spiritual growth because it's and it's great to have emotional help and uh, development, but spiritual growth is even more important. And that's where I found the Puritans so enlightening, saying this, this isn't just a kind of way of getting through the day. It's actually a way of growing closer to God and That's where it becomes most powerful. The chapter on right
2: forgiveness, I found that to be so, so good. If I could, I would take those pages and hand them out to all of our listeners, to all my friends, to everybody I know, and just say, read this and then do it. And uh, I just found it really one of the best descriptions of forgiveness that I have ever read really. You say forgiveness is not easy ever. So Kirsty, no. why must we forgive and even the most horrible offenses and how can journaling
1: help in that? We must forgive because God forgave us. that's the that's the basis of reality that we have a God who forgives and who has forgiven us so much and expects us to forgive others as he has forgiven us and he does give us the grace to do so but let's not kid ourselves forgiveness is hard even if it's a small sin forgiveness is hard if it's a real sin I mean if it's something that you actually don't care about and you say oh that's fine that's not really forgiveness because there was nothing really was wrong that was done to you but as soon as it is a wrong against you it's hard to forgive And when we're talking about big things, the appalling things that people can do to each other, uh, the serious sins of abuse or, or cheating or betrayal or the things that really strike deep down into a person that is very, very hard to forgive. And it will take time. It's a process and it will take a long time. No one should ever think it's going to be easy or quick but we must do it and it is so worth doing forgiveness is is freedom being free of the the bitterness and the cycles of hurt that come when you don't forgive and being free of that is is a wonderful gracious gift so we must work at it and part of how to work at it is dealing with the layers of anger and hurt that that come along with it so every time the angry or betrayed emotions come back writing them down is a way both of objectifying them sort of getting them out of yourself onto the page and it also gives you a chance to remind yourself of why you are forgiving So writing down what God has done for us, the cost that he paid coming into this world, emptying himself for our sake and writing down how costly that was for him, how painful that was for him, that reminder is part of the process of, yes, that's why I am trying to forgive and that's why I will keep working at it. And it is an ongoing process. You you will go through that iteration time and time again. But again, there is something about that that way that handwriting actually helps you process the thoughts and the emotions, that it really is helpful in, in that long sequence of forgiving.
2: At the end of that chapter, you gave an exercise where you said basically what you've just said to our listeners for those big sins you you say the journaling exercise is what we do for small sins and then for the big sins do the above one step at a time for the rest of your life or until the hurt is over i think it it was just very clear and sobering to see that those words on the page and realize you know it really does take more than one time and we mm-hmm. we do go back to mulling those things over or rehearsing the hurt or what they did to us in our own lives. And it was just right there in black and white, do this exercise for the rest of your life or until the hurt is gone. And yeah. so I so appreciated that just being there in black and white and saying, this is, this is what you do. You, it, It's going to hurt. It's going to take time. Let's all just agree to that, and so go back to why you are forgiving as many times as you have to.
1: Well, that's right, and, and it may take the rest of your life, and if it does, it's still worth doing. And also, taking that seriously makes us realize that it's not easy, um, and that if it doesn't happen immediately, that's no reason to give up. You, you just keep working at it. And and God is with us in that process. It's His Spirit will be changing us at the same time as we're working to forgive. He will be giving us that grace.
2: Amen. I'm speaking with Kirstie Burkett about her recent book, Imperfect Reflections, The Art of Christian Journaling. Kirstie is a theological writer and author of numerous books and articles. She previously lectured at Oak Hill Theological College in Pastoral Care, Church history, philosophy, and ethics, and she lives in the north of England. Kirsty, in the book, you share that you struggled with depression and journaling helped you overcome, especially journaling on thankfulness. What are your main points that you want the reader to take away from the thankfulness chapter?
1: Yeah, I did struggle with depression for quite a long time, and I was very helped by cognitive therapy which taught me useful techniques for uh, trying to challenge my uh, negative thinking uh, and that sort of thing and that's that's all very good to do but I found there was still a level that was not being challenged. Sometimes doing the very helpful things that the secular therapy was teaching me uh, just kind of drove the problems a bit further down because I I was dealing with my conscious mind but what about the deeper sort of structural issues in my soul and part of what I eventually realized was driving my depression is that because I got downhearted about what wasn't working in my life what I didn't have or what wasn't going well and I was focusing on that and never being thankful for what I did have or what was going well. And if anyone had asked me, are you a thankful Christian, I would have said, yes, of course. I mean, that's just basic to being Christian. Of course, I'm thankful. But eventually I had to challenge myself, how much time do I actually spend being thankful? It's not just something that happens. It's got, It's something you have to turn your mind to and do deliberately. And when I thought about it, it was probably very little time at all that I ever You know, I might sit down and give a quick prayer of thankfulness before I got on to other things, but I never really spent time being thankful or or giving thanks. I mean, when the Bible talks about giving thanks, it's not just an attitude, it's it's an action, a thing that you do. Uh, I came across, uh, well, a friend suggested to me this exercise, which actually I completely misheard them. When I said this to the friend later, I'm so glad you suggested that thing to me. She said, no, that's not what I said at all. But she really liked the way I misheard it, so now she's doing it too. But what I do is uh, sit down and write down 100 things to be thankful for. And to start with, that was really hard to do. Just to think, well, what what are 100 things I am thankful for? And I, I, I gave myself the challenge. I had to be really thankful for them. It couldn't just be a glib exercise where I just wrote down everything in my field of vision and say, oh, yes, thanks for that. No, it had to be something that I really genuinely was thankful for. But once I started getting going in that, it just expanded more and more and more. And I would always finish that exercise feeling so much better than when I started. It's good for depression. I found it very good for anxiety. If I'm suffering nerves uh, before, you know, I have to give a talk or do something stressful, it's very useful then. I sit down, what are... 100 things, or if I'm in a bit of a rush, I'll cut it down to 50 things, but just write down what are these things that I'm thankful for. And it is remarkably helpful. I really recommend anyone try it. Mm -hmm. uh, It occurs to me that it wouldn't just be helpful
2: to someone who had struggled with depression, but for all of us, I think probably every Christian, we probably don't spend enough time being thankful and so to do the exercise and to write it out helps us to see that there is so much to be thankful for.
1: And it forces you to notice things. It yes. forces you to look around and say, oh, actually, what, what is in my life? What What is here? What are the things that I really can give thanks for that I just took for granted or I, I wasn't noticing? And part of writing is that it slows you down. It slows your thoughts down. And so it makes you go through that process very deliberately So all those things together, yeah, I find they are really helpful.
2: As we wind down our time together, there's a chapter called Write Bible, and it was such a rich chapter. As you say, we are inundated with all kinds of worldviews and opinion-forming influences daily. However, it is God's views that matter. So as we read the Bible, what
1: do you suggest we write? Well, if you haven't done this before, I found it very helpful to start with to have an exercise that I would set myself. So I'd read a passage of the Bible and then I'd say, okay, I'm going to paraphrase this, just write it out again in my own language, or write a summary of it. Because, you know, I was a teacher, I'd imagine, well, if I was going to summarize this for my students, how would I do that? So you have some particular structure to follow which just forces you to go through the Bible text again and look at it more carefully. And something like paraphrasing means you have to really think about, well, what does it actually mean? So that I I can rewrite it in my own words. So anything like that, which is forcing you not to skim over the text, because especially if you've been a Christian for a while, you get to be very familiar With you know particular passages, and it's hard to make yourself read them properly again. But if you set yourself a writing task like that, it makes you engage with the text and really think about it, which of course is what we want. Mm -hmm. We want word to be working on our hearts uh, and writing about it like that. I find gives it the time to do so. Mm
2: -hmm. And for a newer Christian, what would what would you suggest they write?
1: There's all sorts of um, devotional aids that will have questions on um, Bible passages, so so I think that's a very useful way to start, just to answer the questions and write them down. Don't just answer them inside your head because, again, it's too easy to gloss over it very quickly. But if, if you write down a substantial answer to the question, And uh, the Bible aid will have been written by someone who has thought about the passage so is guiding you to the key points Mm -hmm. of it. So that's what I would suggest.
2: Very good. There were so many nuggets in the final chapter, the COVID diaries of 2020, wisdom about suffering and the right response to trust God, as well as your vulnerability in telling us your story. How did you
1: decide to end the book that way? Well, COVID came up, upon all of us as a bolt from the blue didn't it and suddenly we were in lockdown and I lost my job at that time which meant uh, I also lost my house because I was working in ministry and and I was dealing and I got COVID I was quite ill so all these things happening at once and I just thought am I going to take my own advice from what I've been writing in this book so I, I put it into practice and I set myself to have a more godly approach to what was happening and that I found so instructive for me. I thought well this is the perfect end for the book because this is what I've been writing about all along. In a way here is the proof that it works. I I was actually able to put it into practice for myself. So, So that's why I ended the book there and I deliberately didn't go further than that because I wanted to say, look, this is what you do in the midst of suffering, it, and in, it doesn't really matter what happened next because the the happy ending was already happening. I was I was growing in Christ-likeness through these spiritual disciplines that I was practicing, which is what the whole of life should be.
0: You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, theological writer Kirsten Burkett, author of Imperfect Reflections: The Art of Christian Journaling. Tomorrow and Friday, there will be no His People or Reader's Choice to bring you two special Christmas programs. Tomorrow, it's Haven Today, Christmas in the Beginning, and on Friday, The Marriage Carol. I hope you can join us. Thanks for listening.